Welcome to Staring Vegans, the podcast where famous and not so famous guests share their unique vegan stories. Hello everyone, this is episode 4 of the podcast. I'm your host, Cyrielle, and today I'm talking to Bobby Sutt, who lives in Los Angeles. He's an organizer and photographer for LA Animal Safe, and has been plant-based for 6 years and vegan for 5, after he attended a vigil in LA with Earthlings producer and director Sean Manson. He is very passionate about what he does, and I'm grateful to have had the chance to chat with him about his vegan story and the amazing work that he does for the animals. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Here's my interview with Bobby. So welcome, Bobby. Thank you for joining me today. Um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> so I'm going to start with some warm-up questions, and then we can dive into your vegan journey. So right. uh, what's your favorite animal to start with? Uh, well, I, I guess if I had it, it would be dogs. Absolutely, yeah. Do you have a dog? or? Uh, I did, um, just before I moved to LA. I have a cat now, which I never thought I would say. Um, but I, I found her outside. She was like the size of a Coke can. And so oh. <laughs> my mom's very allergic to cats. So I never had cats growing up. We always had dogs. So, yeah. Okay. It's nice that you were able to rescue a cat. Yeah. Okay. And what quick meal do you like to make or to eat? Uh, I usually make a, like this potato chickpea lentil bowl. Oh. It's pretty easy, you know, like with broccoli and and peas and uh, corn and things like that, and then oil-free sauce on it. Oh, that sounds good. I've yeah. never tried that, so yeah. I'm going to take a note. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those people. I can eat the same thing every day for like you know two weeks, and it won't bother me. So Yeah, I do that, but I have a daughter, so it's a bit harder. She likes sure. to eat different things, yeah. but it's a good one. I've never tried that, so I'll, I'll maybe she'll like it, so yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> and if you had the superpower to turn people vegan, who would you choose and why? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it can be a couple of people if it's too hard to choose one person. Well, I think, you know, going on influence, you know, people's like favorite people. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Bill Murray, um, mm -hmm. people that have a lot of following, people that everybody likes, you know. Yes. So, I guess those two, yeah, or one of those two, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So um, now we can start uh, speaking about your uh, vegan journey. So you can tell me when it began, how did you become vegan, the whole story. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess this was almost six years ago. And I was living in Austin. I'm from Austin. I grew up there. Okay. Uh, I had graduated college. Um, I was sort of working in the film industry, but not the way I wanted to be. Uh, I had just spent 12 weeks in Nepal uh, working with orphans. And uh, when I got back at this time, I was like 280 pounds. I was type 2 diabetic. I had high cholesterol. I had high blood pressure and heart disease. Wow. Uh, and my, my brother was living in L.A. and He's a plant-based nutritionist. And so he, he asked me to move out to L.A. and try adopting his plant-based lifestyle. Uh, my dog had just passed away. I didn't really like my job. So I had nothing keeping me there. So I, I agreed. Um, and I started January 4th of 2015, and I adopted a whole food, plant-based, oil-free, so a low-fat vegan diet, yeah. uh, nothing processed or anything like that. Uh, and I lost 40 pounds in one month. Wow. I reversed my diabetes in six weeks. 
and, and including all my, you know, my high cholesterol, my high blood pressure, my heart disease. Uh, and I lost over a hundred pounds in a year. Mm-hmm. And that, that was how I became plant-based, but not how I became vegan. Okay. If we want to be very, very technical about it, you know. No, but you're right to say that because I think sometimes people don't really understand like when they yeah. say vegan, but yeah, plant-based is just what you eat, but vegan is a whole yeah. other area of what you do. And I was, and I still am a sneakerhead. You know, I loved like wearing Jordans and, and special edition Nikes and things. And so that was what I was still wearing that was still, that still had leather on them. Yeah. Uh, and my brother and I were speaking at SoCal Veg Fest a year later. Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of ours, John pierre who's a, a vegan nutritionist and, and lifestyle coach. He's been doing it for 30 years. He, he trains like Joaquin Phoenix and Ellen and other uh, celebrities. Uh, and he told me, he's like, you know, these friends of mine, uh, Sean Monson and Amy Jean Davis, are starting these pig vigils uh, mm-hmm. at Farmer John's Slaughterhouse in L.A. with this group, L.A. Animal Save. And they asked, he asked me if I wanted to go with him. And being a filmmaker and, and being plant-based, I, I knew who Sean Monson was director of earthlings yeah and so i said yeah of course i want to go i would love to just you know for me it was really about meeting sean yes uh so we went that night uh i met sean uh i told him that i was a filmmaker um but that was the first time that i had you know that was the first pig vigil yeah and i remember there's two two events at that night that night that were the change sort of changed everything for me. Okay. One was the first time I saw a truck coming around the corner mm-hmm. uh, with the pigs on the truck. And for me, it was it was significant because it brought with it the weight of its reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I had seen documentaries before, sure. I had seen, you know, following vegans on Instagram. And while it's impactful, that event is easy that those denial is easy when all I have to do is turn off the screen you know or, or go to a different page and when it's gone from the screen which that event is separated from me in both distance and time that event was never real for me because it was you know on a screen so to say that that's real is it's not real I mean it's depicting reality but it's not there for me no I see what you mean yep. and so I had this sort of you know, fight or flight moment when I saw that truck coming around the corner. And it was, you know, and it happened very quickly, but in my head it was, okay, I, I have two choices here. I can deny what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. turn around uh, and go back to being plant-based and change nothing. Mm-hmm. Or I can s- accept the reality of this event and I can lean into that awful weight and, and you know, do something about it. And I learned very quickly uh, by becoming plant-based that positive change never comes from a place of comfort. And so I knew that like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable because it's going to change me in a positive way. And when I was standing in front of the truck with the pigs right in front of me, there was, there was the reality of it presented to me front and center, bright and undeniable. So this is, this is the way the world is and it's not right. Yeah. And then when that truck full of pigs pulled into the slaughterhouse, I, I was thinking how, you know, I don't know what happens when we die. I don't know if there's an afterlife, if there's a heaven or reincarnation. I don't know. 
Maybe, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, but what I do know is that each of us gets to be the individual that we are now once. Yeah. We as humans get 80 to 100 years to experience as much kindness, connection, and compassion as we can as the individuals that we are, and this is our one chance. And when I saw those pigs going into the slaughterhouse, I realized that's their one chance. Mm -hmm. And it was taken away from them because of willful ignorance and for pleasure. That, you know, and, that's, and so for me, that was it. I became vegan immediately. I, I can't imagine just because I've read about the vigils and then maybe you can explain later how it really works. And But yeah, it's it's powerful because it's like right into your face. You can't really avoid yeah. it. And your brain is trained to kind of avoid what it doesn't like, what makes it uncomfortable. And it's great that you were able to face it because a lot of us the immediate response is just to flee or just to ignore what's bothering us. Yeah. But if you face it, then it's it makes you grow ex exactly as you said. So Exactly, yeah. So you were plant-based, but basically it was for your health. Exactly, yeah. And then that day you became vegan for the animals. So like you kind of yeah. switched. Which is why when I hear people saying, you know, you need to be vegan for this reason, you need to be vegan for that reason, I don't care. Yeah why you're vegan and i guarantee you the animals don't care why you're not oh eating yeah for them. sure you know whatever it is whatever gets you there and say you're doing it just for your health well you're also doing it for every other reason whether you intend to or not yes you know i think that's what i mean it's just you started like that but i think all of us wherever we started then we do it for everything for all the reasons there's certainly a lot of uh evolutions of of one becoming vegan uh, and and then the type of vegan that you are yeah for us, it was the same with the health, but definitely now we're as much vegan for the animals, for the planet, for the health, for everything, because it just is all connected. Yeah, exactly. And so your brother helped you. I'm assuming that was your biggest influence uh, to become plant-based. Absolutely, yeah. Did you switch so from rapidly or did you just from one day to the other, you just became plant-based and then did you have any struggles? Did you have any like cravings of certain foods? Um, well, I mean, it's funny because Everybody goes plant-based or vegan overnight, technically. Yeah. You know, technically. But, yeah. but I, I stopped completely that first day because because for me, 100% is easier than 90. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I, I have this, I had this sort of unfair experience in terms of my, like, when people ask, what was it hard? Because I was living with my brother mm -hmm. in this sort in this fail-proof environment. Yeah. There was, there was, I, I had no choice. You know, if, if I was living there, there was never going to be any animal products in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't going to any restaurants. Where, it, it's just, it just, it was, those options were not options. Mm -hmm. And so I, there were certainly times where, because not only was I becoming vegan or plant-based, I was also low, whole foods, low fat, oil free. And so, you know, I, I had seen my brother speak many times and they talk about how, oh, you, you know, you eat as much as you want and this and that. It's like, that's technically not true. Like, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you can't have avocado on everything on every meal. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like there's Engine 2, which is now I think uh, they're rebranding to Plant Strong. It's Rip Esselstyn's uh, products. He has a okay. cereal called Rip's Big Bowl that I really like. But it's got like walnuts in it and grains in it. It's, it's, it's kind of high. It's kind of caloric and fat dense. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's very good for you. Yeah. But if you're trying to lose weight, you shouldn't eat like a huge bowl of it every breakfast. Yeah. So, so that was getting annoying. I was like, I thought you said I could eat whatever I want. And he's like, well, you can. I was like, well, I want avocado on everything. He's like, well, you can't do that. 
Because so, it's good fat. Right. So it won't give you heart disease, but yeah. you're still going to be fat if you're eating a bunch of healthy fat. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's it's just yeah. the, the body, how, it's how it works. Okay. And so your brother was vegan, so your parents were probably used to that. And maybe he wasn't much of a shock that you became vegan yourself. But what was your family's reaction? Right. Yeah. So uh, my, my brother's story is, is even more incredible because he was a uh, he was an addict. Okay. And he went he went plant based in rehab, wow. um, because he had gone to a uh, a health immersion with the Esselstons like a year before he went to rehab. So he knew like, and he found out that he was diabetic and all that also. And so mm-hmm. he he made that his recovery. Okay. In terms of like, because you know they were telling him, "Well, oh, you're depressed, you're suicidal, you're an addict." He's like, "Okay, well, you you tell me all these things, but none of that is." chartable i can't graph my progress because there's no numbers to look at how Mm. depressed you are yeah he's like but all of these other problems i have are these Mm -hmm. are chartable i can see my weight i can see my cholesterol i can see my blood sugar he's like i'm gonna make my recovery about fighting this and improving my lifestyle to improve this uh that's amazing so he's the one that got me to go vegan and then my my parents my whole family's now vegan that's great uh and they were they've always we've always been healthy mm-hmm. you know like what we what was what mainstream considers healthy you know yeah uh, my dad he was a marathoner and so he was you know he he was in the navy he was always a healthy guy but he wasn't vegan mm-hmm. but, so it wasn't hard for him to accept you know this new healthy lifestyle and that's good yeah i think it's great and the whole family is now vegan i think it's it's amazing yeah it just makes things so much easier because even if your parents are understanding, just being able just to enjoy a meal together without having to worry about whatever is going to be on the table, and I think it's I exactly. think it's it's tricky for most for lots of vegan because generally your whole family isn't vegan. So right. when you do family meals and Christmas and these kind of events, it True. would be great if they could like not do it for a day or whatever. But it's often hard family members to change their ways. And it is, yeah. It's definitely I think a hard part of being vegan having the understanding of others. There was like a year uh, after I had gone plant-based that my parents were still not. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because my, the last thing my dad gave up was egg whites. I'm like, of all things, <laughs> egg yeah. whites, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's weird. You can't give up egg whites? Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> it doesn't seem that but, hard compared to lots of other things for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. so I know you're doing work, uh, activism with LA Animal Safe. But before that, do you have any, mm-hmm. or maybe it's part of that actually, is there like a, a moment in your life, a vegan life, that you're the proudest? Maybe it's part of what you're doing with LA Animal Save, or it can be anything that you... Or maybe people turn vegan thanks to you, or something that made you really proud in your vegan journey. Yeah, I mean, there's... I, I've gotten messages before on, on Instagram of people telling me, you know, they, they look at my Instagram, they see my photos, and it made them go vegan. And that's wonderful to hear, mm-hmm. but it's it's not the reality of the situation. Like... When people say, uh, I went vegan because of Earthlings. Yeah. You know, I saw Earthlings and I went vegan. I'm like, well, when you say that, you're disregarding the complexity of your entire life experience. Mm-hmm. Earthlings was the last thing that made you go vegan. But when, as you were growing up, you know, you watched movies like Bambi and Babe and, you know, Chicken Run or yeah. Charlotte's Web. And you had pets and you had friends that had pets. All these are experiences that helped you get there eventually. You know, so it's never one thing that someone goes vegan from, but it's certainly it's certainly nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, so I was working on this project uh, on a film, and we were in Arkansas, 
on a factory chicken farm. Mm-hmm. They would raise 150,000 chickens at a time, wow. and then from like six days old to 60 days old, and then they would pick up and get another 150,000 chickens. Um, and I was there filming them in their living room when they called this company and said, we're done raising chickens, we're vegan. Wow. And that, that for me was like, well, that, was, that was a very, that was an unforgettable moment to know that like, they, that the company came that day, picked up the chickens, and then they called and said, we don't want any more chickens. Do not deliver us any more chickens. And now they're, now they're growing mushrooms. They're a mushroom farm. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's powerful as well that you're here to witness that moment. It's, it's, yeah. it, it seems insane, that number as well, 150,000. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, you know, these are, these are cage-free. And cage-free just means they're not in a cage. They're, they have these huge like chicken houses that are like the size, like 100 yards long, maybe like 30 yards wide or something. And each one has like, you know, maybe 40,000 chickens in them, you know, just all stuffed in there. Yeah, they're just packed and squishing each other and it's, it's still horrible. But people yeah. like to see that because it reassures them in their choice and they're, oh, I'm doing something good. Yeah, and, and it's really smart marketing because it yeah. says cage-free. It has the word free in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they're free to do what they want. Well, you know, no. They, and in those chicken houses, the ammonia from all the, the urine and feces is so high that... It, the chickens, the, their eyes, they'll go blind because it'll burn their eyes. And when we were filming in there, the first day we didn't wear respirators and our throats were absolutely on fire. Oh, I bet. We had to leave and go get respirators and come back. It's great that you can do this type of work because people can see the reality. But of course, for you filming, it's it's intense, the, the feelings yeah. and, and also like, yeah, the smells. And But I'm grateful for people like you who are able to do that because it's... Oh, thank it, you it's not everyone who can do it and it's heart-wrenching as well to to be present i think one of the hardest experiences is when you're filming an animal being killed and you know that i physically i i have the power to stop it mm-hmm. but it doesn't do any good if i did yeah because uh, you know they're going if i stop it they're going to kick me out and they're going to kill the animal anyway yeah and then the footage that i would have gotten that may have helped change people vegan, I wouldn't get if I did that. Mm-hmm. So the hardest part is standing there filming it and watching it and, and like having to convince myself that this is helping even though every fiber of me wants to run and like stop it, you know? Yeah, you feel powerless, so, I guess, on that moment. Yeah. At least people get this content and they can see it and I'm sure it helps lots of people. I think people really need to see the reality like that, the harsh realities. Yeah. Uh, I didn't need to see it. But there's so many different reasons why people will change their ways. And so many people have veils in the front of their eyes or blinders and they don't want to see. And just it, they just need one thing that will make them switch and just kind of open their eyes. Yeah. These videos help. So you're powerless at that moment, but you, you're powerful in what you're filming. Exactly. You have to be strong, I think, to be able to do yeah. that for sure. Yeah. And I, and I had a good, I, had a, I was lucky to have the mentor in Sean Monson. You know, uh, yeah. who the you know the very first time I was ever doing any animal rights filming was with him, and so to have someone like that show you or, or help you through the psychological aspects of, of what you're what it's going to be like was yes, was, I was very fortunate definitely to be able to have someone like that. Yeah, yeah it's a great experience for you to go through these emotions because 
you cannot not feel the emotions and you have to feel them as well. Absolutely. If you stop yourself from feeling them, then it's staying inside and then it's worse because it will get out at some point. So yeah, exactly. If you can go through them and have help to do it, then it's it's the best way to do it for sure. Yeah. Let's keep talking about that because you're an activist for LA Animal Save and so you do mm-hmm. work for them and you do photograph. So can you explain... Because there's animal safe movement that people are aware of. So that's how I found you, uh, looking at, at the animal safe movement and founding the LA Animal Safe. And I learned mm-hmm. about vigils, but I didn't know about that before and the concept of bearing witness. So can you talk to us about that, about what you do? Because when you went to that first event that you were talking about, that's when it started, I guess, your work with yeah, the LA Animal Safe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, after that first vigil, you know, I told... I talked to Sean and Amy Jean Davis, the founder, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I said, you know, that I was a photographer and I'd love to help. And I, I basically became an organizer just a few weeks later. Okay. Um, so LA Animal Save, which is uh, a chapter of the Save of mm-hmm. Animal Save movement, um, we we hold vigils, which are outside of slaughterhouses. And what we do is we we bear witness, which is from a Leo Tolstoy quote okay. that says. Um, when you see someone who's suffering, do not give in to the initial urge to flee. Instead, get closer, get as close as you can to the one who's suffering and do something to help. Mm-hmm. And so these animals, the pigs will arrive at the slaughterhouse. And we've developed this wonderful relationship with the Vernon Police Department. It's technically the city of Vernon. Okay. Uh, and we got a few of the police officers to actually go vegan over the years. Wow, that's great. Um, and so... Because we're a love-based movement, we're not a protest. Mm-hmm. We're not there. We have no hate for truck drivers. We have no hate for slaughterhouse workers. Because this does not exist because there are truck drivers, and this does not exist because there are slaughterhouse workers. This yeah. exists because people want to eat meat. Oh, yeah. Everything else is a symptom of that. And so the police have agreed that they stop the trucks so that we get two minutes with every single truck to give the pigs water, uh, because they've been on the trucks for 20 to 60 hours without food or water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We offer them connection and, and kindness and compassion and, and, and try and comfort them as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, critics have said, well, two minutes, you know, what's, what's the point? You know, you're not, you're not saving animals. Uh, you're not shutting down slaughterhouses. You know, w- what's the point of going? And that's a myopic view uh, of what we're doing, because while it's true, I'm not saving any animals at the pig vigil, uh, and and I'm not shutting down slaughterhouses, but that's also not why I'm there. I go to a vigil for the animals on the trucks in front of me, nothing else. The moment I make it about anything beyond that, I lose my connection and therefore my effectiveness to what I'm doing for the animals on the trucks in front of me. Yeah. And two minutes to us is not a lot of a lot of time. We're on this planet, like I said, you know, eighty or a hundred years. In the grand scheme of things, that's like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's that's a that's a human centric view of what's happening. We have to understand that those pigs are only six months old, and they've never experienced compassion and kindness and connection before. Certainly not from a human being. And so even though it's just two minutes, let's try and imagine how big those two minutes are for them. How big those two minutes are for them to know there is such thing as connection and kindness, you know? Yeah. To experience it at least once on the, in their lives. And that's, that's what it's about. Now, if the result of my actions 
either through awareness or whatever, is the end of animal agriculture, the end of slaughterhouses. Well, yeah, that's what I want. But again, that's not why I'm there. I, I have to make it about the actions that I'm taking, not about the results. The results take care of themselves if you, if you take the right action. And I think the most powerful thing about uh, Vigil is what happened to me. And, and it happens to lots of people when they come. People will show up either as plant-based or as vegans, but not activists. And so they'll come there, they'll see it, and then they'll become activists. And this is important because everything about our biology as human beings says that we are supposed to be vegan. We're herbivores, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the way our jaws move, the way our eyes work, the, way our, the, our, the size of our stomachs and our intestine, everything. Yeah. So if that's true, then veganism is not the moral high ground. It's the baseline. It's what we're supposed to be. It's what we're supposed to be without even trying. Mm-hmm. Right? So... And when you're vegan, that's how we stop harming the planet, and activism is how we can help it. So while I'm not saying that every ne- vegan needs to be an activist, the more activists we have, I think the better the better off every, the planet and the animals and the environment. It will all be better if we have more activists, vegans that are activists and not just vegans. I agree. I think it's I'm, I'm not activist as much, and as, I, as I've said in my introduction, I, I'd like to be more. And that's why I'm really interested in in looking at all the animal safe movements. I think it's I think it's important. And as you say, it's two minutes for us is nothing, but for them, yeah, it's they can see that people care. Yeah. And the emotional state that they must be in when they arrive. Then if someone is there to comfort them, at least two minutes is a lot. You can do you can yeah. do a lot in two minutes for these animals and I think it's amazing that you're able to do that and for these animals for sure it's it's definitely about them and know that you help them go through their last minutes of life yeah at least they'll get that kind of love in their life exactly people will say things like well isn't it hard you know how do you sleep at night I and mean, you go to a vigil twice a week every week for four years and everything else that you're doing um i'm able to sleep at night because i was there yeah I'm able to sleep at night because I, I cared, but I did more than care, and I took action. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I was sitting there thinking, those trucks, those pigs are there every night, and here I am. Yeah. You know. But again, this is I'm just speaking from my, my experience. Yes. I'm not saying that this is how everyone should feel. Well, we're generally scared of something that is different from what we used to. So it's, it's hard to, to do that step. But I think once you've done it, then you can't go back, and you, you probably want to do more. Everything you see makes you want to do more. I've watched Seaspiracy, like like so many people right now and even as a vegan you're like wow there's so many things i had no clue i had the same reaction i, I really thought i knew it but i didn't you know i don't want to be any spoilers or anything but like you know the the, the like the, the slavery and, and all these other things I, I i had no idea about yeah there's so many things that are like uncovered and hidden and those lobbies and there's so many things that we don't know and even as vegans yeah. you uncover it's like you're scratching the surface and every time there's something more that you had no clue about. And it, it's yeah. just crazy to think that this still happens now in 2021, that, that all these things are still relevant. But yeah, you're right. I think we need more and more activists. So I definitely woke up something in me when I watched Seaspiracy and when I started reading about the chapters and Animal Save. So definitely something that I'd like to do in the future. I think the only worry would be that legality of thing, but you said that you have a good relationship with police. So maybe, maybe it's just me, maybe other people also worried about that aspect of being arrested maybe right. i'm in canada but i'm not canadian so for me doing that in canada canada is different now unfortunately because of bill 1151 uh has made things you know it has made it illegal basically to even be there 
uh, with very, very offensive wording, calling slaughterhouses animals safe zones and things like that. Um, that, that we're the ones they need to keep safe, uh, you know, be, be protected from. Uh, it's, you know, it's, in, it's insane. Yes. Uh, here we do have, we do have ag gag laws here, agricultural gag laws, but that's really, that's for going on property okay. and spying and going undercover. It's perfectly legal to, to peacefully, you know, peacefully protest or peacefully gather on public property, which is what we're doing on the street and, and bear witness. That's perfectly legal wherever you are in this country. Okay. So in the States, so. but in other countries. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. So yeah, for me, that would be the worry. So if people are listening and that's what they're worried about, then make sure they check. But if it's legal, then I think we should more and more try and to do it. Absolutely. If you have a bit of time in your life, then it would be great to be able to do it. And I'm definitely going to research places in Canada if I can do it. Yeah. And that's where it all started. It all started in Toronto. Oh, yes. I know. And with the Toronto Pick Save, right? Yeah, with Anita. So as you said, we're vegans. And then the next step into what we're doing is just going activist and sharing I, I do share like online i try and share as much as possible talking to people sometimes they need just one thing and so that's why the more you share the better it is because they need to see different things and we one thing that will open their eyes yeah sometimes it's just it will be something that happens to them you know if they're sick absolutely or they stumble upon something and then it will change so yeah and it's whatever gets you there yeah you know we have like so like in the la animal save uh Walking Phoenix is a member, and Walking Phoenix comes to the vigils. He's been coming ever since we started. Uh, you know, it's become everyone's become aware of it because he showed up after the SAG Awards when he won Best Actor, and he's still in his tuxedo. Yeah. And uh, I was I was very lucky to take those photos that was then published everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah. And so people think, well, now he's come, but he's been doing this forever. And and activists will come, and they're just coming to meet Walking Phoenix, right? People will show up just to meet Walking Phoenix, and some activists are like, you know, that's not right. And I'm saying, listen, man. What, whatever gets them here. Yeah. I don't care if they came here just to see Walking Phoenix. They're still here. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough just getting people here, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter because they're still going to see everything. You know, they're still going to have the same experience. It doesn't matter why they're here. And it's the same thing with, you know, whatever your reason is for going vegan. I don't care what got you there, you know? Because, you're, again, you're going to have the same experiences because that's just part of growing as a vegan, you know? Yeah, I agree. And do you have any people who actually are not vegan or plant-based that come to the vigils? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, a few times we've had someone, so people come and it was, they're not, they're not vegan, and the first truck shows up and they just fall apart, you know, and they just start crying. And I've seen on multiple occasions. Now I don't know, like, that, you know, they tell me there that like, oh, they're never going to eat meat again. And all that. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't follow their lives after that. Yes. So, but I know that it certainly was a powerful experience for them, just seeing their the way they were they were reacting. And like you know, the chicken vigils, uh, they're different because we have rescued over fifty chickens there. Wow. Uh, we we can't rescue the pigs because we have no way of getting them off the truck. And if we did, the police are there. And while the police are very very nice and very understanding, police are amoral, meaning like they they are going to uphold the law yeah whatever the law says not because they not because they like this group and dislike this group the law says those pigs belong to the slaughterhouse so the police will say if that pig gets off the truck it has to go back so i don't know if we'll ever rescue a pig but the chicken vigil yeah i guess it's more tricky as well because they're a lot bigger exactly yeah like a chicken you can have it in your arm and just put it around you whereas a pig yeah try carrying a pig yeah unless the piglets yeah but, uh, yeah it's it's more tricky. I mean, technically, they are they are all piglets. They're just they're all six months old. But 
they've all been they've been fed so much that they're just really big yeah and are you working on any other projects apart from the vigils do you have any like photography projects or like films that you're currently working or future projects that you you want to do i uh i am working on a photography book uh putting together so that's good and i've, I've had mixed it's taken me a while to decide if i wanted to do this you know i'll talk to people and i'll say say i had a book of my photography which you know would you be interested in buying it or if, or if I was selling my photos individually would you be interested in buying them and I've had people say look I love your photography but I can't have that on my wall you know because it's difficult to look at yeah so but I think a book is better because it's not open and it's not on your wall and and so and it's going to have it's going to be not just photos but the story of LA Animal Save and the experience of bearing witness and things like that oh that's great I think yeah. it's, I think a book is a great idea because it can inspire people also to do the same and maybe to start chapters. Absolutely. A photographer that I'm very inspired by, uh, Joanne MacArthur, they just put the We Animals, uh, put out that book. Mm -hmm. uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Hidden. Anyways, it's done very well. Uh, and it's essentially the same type of photography. It's what she calls animal photojournalism. Yeah. And it's photographing this in, in inside slaughterhouses and, and undercover stuff. So I know that her that book and her photography. She's an incredibly accomplished photographer. She's won multiple awards with National Geographic and things like that. And I think the book last I saw was winning a bunch of awards, like best environmental photography and things like that. I think some people might need to see that as well as a book. Yeah. Because maybe some people are not on social media to start with, and as you say, you can just put it away or just scroll past there's so many things that you see on social media that you might just scroll past it without even looking at it. but if you have a book and you can sit down and yeah. you know take time to actually look through it maybe that can have a different effect as well that maybe it wouldn't have in social media so i think any type exactly. of of media is great because everyone will react differently to to different type of media so i think that's great that you're doing it yeah it's going to take some time i've got 30,000 photos that i'm going through <laughs> yeah uh yeah and i'm trying to find about 70 so it's but the quarant you know the quarantine has given me time to to work on it so oh yeah well good luck with that i think it's a great idea thank you thanks thank you <laughs> and i will look out for it for sure and um so one last thing what would you say to non-vegans if non-vegans are, are listening uh wanting to make the switch if you have any advice or any resource that you think would help apart from maybe going to a vigil yeah uh, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, because there's different philosophies and approaches to sort of outreach and getting people to go vegan. You know, there's there's oh for sure there's like doing there's like doing cube to truth. There's disruption and you know what works. Um, I'm not about shaming anybody. Uh, it's, it's for me, it's about understanding that they are where I was at one time. You know, for 30 years they are where I was for 30 years. Yeah. Um, and. You have to understand that people will change when they feel comfortable enough to change because everybody knows that change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not in a comfortable place, you're not willing to say, I'm going to give up whatever little comfort I have and become even more uncomfortable. And so I, I, I encourage people to take whatever steps they can. You know, uh, they say, well, I, I can't be vegan, but, you know, maybe I can give up this. Great. Do that. Yeah. Let's do that. And let's let's look at it like this. Nobody can ever say, even though I know vegans say it all the time, uh, and, 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 and I love to say it too, that they will do anything for life. Nobody can say that. I cannot say I will be vegan for life. I can't. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? 
right? But what I can and what anyone can say is I'm going to do this for 14 days. Yeah. So I say let's look at this as a 14-day experiment. Why don't you try whatever it is, whatever level you think you can do, just giving up meat, like going vegetarian or going vegan. Let's do it for 14 days. And at the end of 14 days, evaluate how you feel. And if you still feel good, try another 14-day experiment. And then another, and keep and look at it your life that way as a series of 14-day experiments. And if you know, and if at the end of 14 days you don't feel well, let's look at why you don't feel well and let's try and change something. You know, maybe, maybe like you know, the most common mistake people make is they are not they are not replacing their calories. They eat the same amount of food, but now it's just plants and not meat, and so they're not they're not getting 2,400 calories a day. And, you know, and so they're getting like 1,500 a day and they're like, oh, I'm always feeling tired. Well, yeah, of course you are. You're, you're in caloric deficit. You're, you're going to be tired. You need more calories. Yeah. So there's always something that, you know, you can change. Every, everyone's diet can obviously improve. Nobody has a perfect diet. Yeah. So, but I think that looking at it like that as a series of 14-day experiments and making it about falling in love with the steps to get you there not falling in love with whatever the goal is yeah. right so like when i when i was losing weight i made before i had tried diets right and all my diets were about how much i hated myself how much i hated the way i looked how much i hated the way i felt and so whenever i go to the gym i was reminding myself how much i hate myself and how much i hate the way i look cuz i'd stand there and hear all these people with superhero bodies and i'm you know I, i'm not i'm really overweight Every time I would eat whatever diet I was on and I didn't like it, it would be, I'm doing this because I hate myself. Yeah. But when I went plant-based, I, I, I had to make it about love and not hate. So I had to make, I had to say, I'm going to love myself and treat myself the way I always deserve to be loved and treated. And you do that by treating your body the way it deserves to be treated. So every time I made a plant-based meal, that was an affirmation of self-love and self-care. And so while hate is discouraging and exhausting, uh, love is empowering and inspiring and it's the same thing with activism. I don't get burnout Because I don't make it about how much I hate slaughterhouses or people that hurt animals or you know that these people are destroying the planet I make it about how much I love animals how much I love that I'm helping them helping people find their health again and helping the planet Therefore every action that I take even if it's hard is a reminder. This is how much I love them This is how much love I have right so I, I find strength in not pain but strengthen how much you know how much love do I have? And I think that's that's night and day in my opinion. Like because again, like the the person who's running a marathon, whose whole goal is finishing the marathon, they might finish, they might not. But the person who's running a marathon and loves every step will finish the marathon one hundred percent of the time. It's a powerful message that you're saying. I think it's very true, and not enough people show themselves love, as you say. And love is just the most powerful yeah. thing that exists. I think it's the only way, I, lifelong positive change I think is only possible uh, with love as your motivation. Yeah. Hate's a great motivator for short-term change, absolutely. You know, you can hate things so much that you want to change, you know, like, yeah. and that's the, that's the reason most people try diets, Yeah. right? But I've, I've never seen evidence, I can't say for sure, but I've no, I've never seen evidence of creating positive lifelong change with hate. And if, if our goal as vegans is to create a kind and compassionate world, I don't think we're going to hate enough to do that. Mm. Love is the way forward, for sure. Yeah. It's a great message. Just give yourself love. And if you love yourself first, then you can love others and just spread the message. Absolutely. 
And one last thing, where can people find you online if they want to look at your photos, want to follow you on your projects? So on Instagram, I'm just at Bobby Sud, mm -hmm. B-O-B-B-Y-S-U-D, or uh, at LA Animal Save, or the, at uh, Save Movement. And you can also find me on Instagram, I mean, on, on Facebook as Robert Sud, but I don't post on Facebook as much. Okay. I'll put everything on the show notes so people can go and, and check your page out. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Bobby. I really appreciate that you took the time to talk about your story and just share with us your activism and the whole process of the LA Animal Save. And I'm really grateful for people like you. So I'm really happy that you were able to, to be there and answer my questions. Thank you for having me. I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate being able to talk about LA Animal Save and that somebody actually wants to talk to me. So it's, it's nice, you know? So Yeah, I think it's an important thing to just, as you say, like try in different ways. And I think talking to other vegans and hearing other vegans' stories, I think it's just a great way of knowing that what you're doing is right as well and seeing that people can come from different backgrounds and we all end up in the same place. And Yeah, and don't, don't worry about what you did when you weren't vegan. Like, I don't believe in karmic debt. That's just my opinion. But there's nothing you can do about it, right? The past doesn't exist anymore and the future hasn't happened yet. Yeah. All there is is right now. That's This is our entire lives, right now. So all you need to worry about is not the mistakes you made in the past, but just worry about doing the next right thing. And then after that, the next right thing and so on. Yeah. Great message to finish. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. It would also be amazing if you could leave me a review and share it. If you do, I'll be sure to give you a shout out on a future episode. And if you have any thoughts on today's episode or suggestions for my next guests, email me at hello at starringvegans.com or message me on Instagram at starringvegans. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.